The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your faith. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and you'll see two videos at the top of the page there. It will look different, I assure you. This is not there. I <laughs> don't know why. I mean, 10 minutes this has been up, and it's still whatever the cash deal is for me. On one browser, it comes up fine. Other browser, not. So, two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. So, if you missed that, yes, I did. <laughs> if you missed that, uh, John Whitehead, attorney from the Rutherford Institute, was on with Bradley. If you missed that, you want to watch it. 
It's on there up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time Bradley will be live, I assume. Okay, I keep saying that, and then he'll he'll be doing something else or whatever. So anyway, that's there on the right side of the page is where we are. Again, that'll be a different image than what you guys are seeing on the video platform right now. Maybe that'll change over in five or ten minutes. I don't know. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and uh, then in the bottom right-hand corner, there is a Rumble icon. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. Uh, also, we're streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's our channel. Please subscribe there. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. A variety of Facebook pages bearing my name, both uh, personal and public. And then also um, Twitter at The Real Tim Brow. Don't put the N on the end of it and put a two in its place. Okay, so The Real Tim Brow 2. And then also on Twitch at The Real Tim Brown. So you can catch us all on any of those platforms. But if your favorite platform isn't up and running or whatever, come over to SonsLibertyMedia.com, SonsLibertyMedia.com, SonsLibertyMedia.com. Because <laughs> I hear people all the time. They'll go, well, it's down over here. Okay, SonsLibertyMedia.com. And then I actually have had some people go, what's your website? Now, they listen all the time. So I, I don't know what the problem is, but I, I'm trying to help. <laughs> I really am. Uh, I know it's busy. There's a lot of information going. So a lot of people listen to a lot of different people and, and this, that, and the other. And I get it. Uh, while you're there at sonsoflibertymedia.com, there is a place where you can sign up for an email newsletter that goes out once a night uh, around 7 to 8 o'clock. Eastern is when it usually hits inboxes. So if you're interested in having that, uh, that is available. Also, if you want our ministry email, that goes out once a week on Saturdays. And um, <clears throat> we, uh, yeah, sign up for that at sonsoflibertyradio.com, okay? If you would like to help us, we're not begging you for money. We're saying if you want to support us, thank you. And if you want to support us, this is the way you can do it. There's a donate button at the top of the page. Click on that and make a one-time donation or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we do appreciate your support. We really do. Um, you know, without the Lord moving on you guys' hearts and, uh, supporting us, then we can't really do all that we do. Um, and our store is available this week. We are highlighting the resistance to tyranny t-shirts. You know, I got this nasty email from some guy. Um, he has like a Muslim name. I, I don't know if he is Muslim or what. Uh, got this nasty email the other week, um, who, who blasted this. Resistance to tyranny is BS, is what he said. Um, he, he says, and then he quotes Romans 13. <laughs> no no expounding of the text. No looking at the context. Uh, my understanding is he wants to be on the show. I, I guess he was responding to something Bradley said, and somehow the email got sent to me and Bradley. And, um, you know, I just want to say for that guy, um, you don't know what you speak of. Just citing Romans 13 as though we're to bow down to every authority is nonsense. Read the context. If there's an evil authority, then how do you square that with what the Scripture says in the first place, that there's nothing to fear there? Right? People just don't do their due diligence in looking at what does it say in the context. Uh, so anyway, we're doing the resistance to tyranny is obedience to God t-shirts, uh, Romans 12, 21, and these are in red and they are in blue. They're from small to triple extra large. And uh, this week, you don't even need a promo code. Okay, it's $18 donation. Uh, this through Saturday at midnight. So 
Yeah, you can you can uh, you can pick those up. That's the that's the special for the week. Now today is a little different. Now let me just just address a couple of th- <laughs> things from yesterday. Uh, it's interesting, you know, when I when I have my conversations with Bill, I always find them enlightening, not because of necessarily a lot of the theology that's there. There's some of the there's some of the eschatology that he talked about that I I do hold to. Most of you know that. Uh, but never, nevertheless, the point that he was making, and I think most people got sidetracked on the on the eschatology part, was we ha- we need some way in which we are of the same mind in working in the world as those in the world work. You know, Jesus prayed such, did he not? He prayed such in John seventeen, the real Lord's prayer. In fact, I didn't bring that up because. Um, well, frankly, I didn't know I was going to go there. Um, so usually I have, well, I have my stuff prepared here of what I'm going to do, but um, just to, to kind of sidetrack here, because I'm going to play some videos this morning. I haven't played a lot of videos in a while. But let's go to John 17. And John 17 is the actual Lord's Prayer. When we talk about uh, the prayer out of uh, Matthew 6, what we're talking about is a model prayer. You know, the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, Teach us to pray. Don't teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray. So apparently they were not men who, you know, consciously understood how to pray. They might have done it, but they wanted to teach they wanted the Lord to teach them to pray, right? And you remember near the end of his life what happened when he brings them there to pray and he goes off by himself to pray, what are they doing? They're sleeping, right? It's real interesting. Isn't that how men are, though? We're soon to forget, are we not? And that's why I think the Scripture constantly calls us back. Remember, remember, remember. Even the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. And he goes back and he hearkens back to creation. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Right? All of that kind of stuff. So, uh... The English language. <laughs> oh, you guys are you guys are really funny. You're really funny. Uh, this is John 17, and listen to what Jesus says. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Now notice that language too. Thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Jesus is saying God gave him power over how much flesh? All flesh, that he should give eternal life to everyone, to all flesh. Note, to as many as thou, the Father, hast given him. This is a reference back to John chapter 6. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Not may come to me, will, shall come to me. We talked about those those words before um, the other week on the show. And this is it, life eternal that they may, might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. 
And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Interesting, isn't it? For those who say that Jesus is not the creator, he's not God in the flesh, Jesus said, I had a glory with the Father before the world existed. Okay? He then says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine. Now, he's not saying, he's not talking about the creation. He's talking about the people who are outside of those the Father would give. I pray for those, I am, the inter, I am interceding as the great high priest for those the Father has promised me. Not only these, these men that he gave me here with my life, Yes, he's with the Father, not the Father. This is, we're not talking about modalism here. Good point, Eric. We're not talking about modalism here. We're talking about a triune God. Three persons who are God. Not three gods. Three persons who are God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. As we learn in the Catechism, the same in essence, equal in power and glory. They each have different functions that they're doing, yet they are of the same mind. They're of the same substance. In fact, Jesus said it's necessary I go back to the Father so that he'll send you the Comforter, the Spirit, right? The, the Holy Paraclete, as it is. He will send him to you in order to what? Lead you into all truth, and he is the same substance as I am. Okay? Same kind of Spirit. And so he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. So Jesus is not interceding for those who are not his. He's interceding for those the Father gives him. But for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine. Almost sounds like a Dr. Seuss thing right there uh, in the King James. And I am glorified in them, and now I am no more in the world, but these are, the wor are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. It's not because uh, this he was given to Judas. In other words, what he's saying here is Judas was given in amongst the twelve in order to fulfill scripture. It's not that he was given him in the salvific way that Jesus is praying for these people, for, for his disciples. It's not the same thing. He's saying he's lost because the Scripture needed to be fulfilled. And Judas fulfilled the Scripture. Okay? And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. 
I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. I want you guys, you know, thinking about pre-trib raptures and stuff like this. Listen to what Jesus says. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep it, keep them from the evil. Keep them in the world, but keep them away from the evil of the world. That's what he's saying. Don't take them out. Jesus never prayed anything like what you hear some of these modern American preachers preaching on and stuff I was taught that I had to unlearn. Okay? Sanctify them. Excuse me. Jumped ahead of myself here. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay? Now, stop and think about that just for a, a little bit. Sanctify them. Set them apart. Sanctify them through thy truth. And I can hear people going, just like Pilate, well, what is truth? Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, right? He was the truth. And he also says, he clarifies it here in his prayer. Thy word is truth. Well, who is the word first and foremost? Well, John tells us, does he not? He told us at the first of his gospel. Same, same book here. He said, the word was made flesh, right? The word was with God, and the word was God, right? And uh, so this is pretty clear as to what he's laid out here. Now, for our friend who wanted to pop in yesterday, um, our little troll over there, in the midst of the show and on Rumble and wanted to, you know, go down this road of, oh, you know, um, you're, you know, the New Testament is nothing but uh, this, this mythology created by Rome and blah, 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 blah. Because there's other virgin birth accounts and stuff like that. And yeah, of course there are. Satan's a great deceiver, isn't he? Satan knew what was coming. The promise was given. That this is what these people don't get. The promise was given about what was going to come thousands of years in the future with the Christ in the Garden of Eden. Was it Genesis 3.15? The Proto-Evangelion, the first gospel. What was it? The seed of the woman, not of the man, of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. That was the promise. And that's before all these other woman and you know virgin and son kind of amalgamations that came about. All of that was there. And they, they somehow just forget this. Oh, Christianity, this, this came way after that. No, no, no. This was going on in the garden, man. This was going on in the garden. God had prepared a Savior for mankind from their sin. He had done that. So that's kind of where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off today. There are several things, uh, several videos I'm going to play for you this morning. By the way, uh, just a little stickler that I have here. One of the things when Jesus did teach the disciples to pray, what did he teach? How did he how did he start it out? He said, "Our Father, our Father." What is he doing in his own prayer? Father, my Father, Father. We are to pray to the Father 
through the Son. He's our mediator. But we're to pray to the Father. The, the, the scripture, we, we can go over into Romans and we can see, we made mention of it the other day, where when we don't know what to pray, it isn't the Son praying for us, it isn't the Father praying for us, it is the Spirit who prays for us. So there's different functions within the Godhead. Let's not mix those things up. It wasn't the Father who came and died on the cross, okay? Uh, it wasn't the Spirit who came and died, it was Christ. Okay, so let's keep those things distinct as we as we as we work through some of these things. So one of the things that Jesus talks about is sanctifying them by the truth. Thy word is truth. Now, a large measure of discernment is what? By the truth. You have a filter that you look through. That is the truth, the scriptures. You look through that filter to see the truth. And you examine whatever's said or whatever's going on by what you see in the scripture, right? I mean, that's that's what we do. All right. So there's a couple of things I'm going to play here. I'm trying to find my tab. <laughs> Got a microphone in the way. Um, so here's the first one. <laughs> and I'm told this apparent woman here, Mel, uh, is a tranny. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I've met some ladies in my life that look like they have masculine features too. But I, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to go down that road. I just listen to what is going on now. This is out of the World Economic Forum. And they are pushing the stop fake news propaganda. Take a listen. Pause. Take care before you share. So that in the back of your mind, when you're on Twitter, when you're on Facebook, when you're looking at YouTube, you take that pause and you say, hmm, this information is causing my heart to palpitate. <laughs> Maybe it's too good to be true. Maybe I need to go and check the source. <laughs> this is the people in the World Economic Forum that don't want you to have, quote unquote, free will. In other words, they want to control your choices. Um, to just become your own investigator to be you know hesitant i'm hesitant to listen to this lady listen to experts <laughs> public trust in scientists has remained steady no it hasn't it's declined we're giving scientists around the world who are in, in the labs, um, you know, kind of quietly developing a COVID-19 vaccine. Mm. We're giving that, we've trained them on TikTok and, and given them- We've the trained them on of, TikTok. Um, guide, and they're actually, you know, bringing the public into their labs and, and just talking and answering and questions. Doing and doing dances. You know, about you know, kind of humanizing the process of reaching a vaccine. Humanizing. What? Transhumanizing. That's what the WEF is promoting. Then they've got all these digital people countering the rumors and falsehoods online, getting paid big bucks to do that. You'll get a daily email from us, uh, which will, you know, give you kind of insights into the misinformation space, but also um, a daily um, piece of content that you might want to share or just consume or engage in. And it helps us a lot um, if you sign up. Oh yeah, it helps us a lot if you just get the propaganda directly from us. Uh, the, the, stop and think about that a second. And they're wanting to allegedly stop fake news. And they're going to have their own thing. Come to us. We're the experts. We know what the truth is. Huh. Well, who's going to be um, 
you know, kind of determining what it, whether or not they're telling you the truth. Now, just to be clear, because I got another fella who wanted to come after me over the free will. When I talk free will in theology, I'm talking about your ability to please God, to choose that which is right and that which is good. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Okay? When you use free will in the sense of people making choices, of course people make choices. I was chastised over that the other day. What did you people, what did, what, what did the, the, the guy who, who didn't seem to get what I said, what did, what did he not hear? course people make choices nobody said they didn't it is in the ability that they have to please god is what i'm speaking of with the free will issue and even the choices you make don't make any mistake in understanding they've been predetermined because they're god's decree he says well god just knows it okay smarty how does god know it how does god know all things that will come to pass the end from the beginning how does he know that because he decreed it, and it can be no other way. Let me give you an example, and this leads into some of these other things. When Jesus told Peter, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. Let me ask you something. Could Peter have said, he would, could he have affirmed, uh, before the cock crow, crowed three times, could he have affirmed that he knew Jesus and that he, he wouldn't deny him? Nope. Nope. He was bound by his sinful will, and his freedom existed within the chains of his will. And Jesus told him, you're going to do it, and Peter should have known better, because Peter was like, I'll go to the death with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, nope, you're going to deny me three times. Uh, yeah. How's that free will working out for Peter? Well, it didn't work out too good, did it? Here's another one. This is, um, major banks are now rolling out a national ID app. All right. Check this it's out. It's become hard for consumers to manage their identity online. The need to track passwords, fill out numerous digital forms, and repeat the same verification processes can make life online a slog. Meanwhile, online stores, businesses, government, and banks need to manage their risk by verifying their customers' identities requesting data from an ever-increasing number of online identity providers, many of which can only provide very low levels of proof. Globally, the implementation of data security and information privacy solutions has led to increased friction and complexity that has detracted from the customer experience. And with more and more identity frameworks being introduced, this confusion will only multiply. Enter Connect ID, powered by FPOS, the identity hub for the entire Australian digital ecosystem. FPOS is doing what it has done best for the past 30 years, collaboratively providing Australian businesses with a trusted, reliable and cost-effective infrastructure. This ensures all identity transactions flow quickly and easily through our Australian-based identity hub. FPOS acts as the broker or middleman, connecting all identity requesters, like financial services, online stores and government departments, with every digital identity issuer in Australia, enabling them to streamline their customer experience for all Australian consumers in the process. Consumers and digital merchants get secure, private, easy and trusted access to any identity provider in Australia. Identity providers are able to offer an additional trust-based business service to their customers, and Connect ID enables each of them to talk to the others seamlessly. 
In short, with Connect ID, everybody wins. Connect ID, right. Australia's trusted identity network. Yeah, trusted. Now, you'll notice what they're doing here is they're Become pitching. for consumers oh, to goodness. manage their identity Shh. online. Be quiet. So one of the things that they're doing is they're presenting this for all the convenience sake, streamlining, all that, which is, that's fine. But what they're not telling you is we can cut you off from the system if you dissent from the official narrative that we're putting out. That's what they're not telling them. There's a lot of great things that happen in the cyber world. Okay? Great little thing that came out uh, sometime back called Zelle. Use your bank account. Zip money right over at no charge to another bank account via a phone number and email. It's there like that. You don't have to wait days for it. You don't have to go cash a check. You don't have that, that's a great feature. It's fine. Wonderful. But the fact of the matter is what they don't tell you and all of this stuff when you should you move completely out of cash. And by the way, the majority of our society is not functioning on cash anyway. It's already cashless. Every time you use a debit card, every time you use a, a credit card. The problem is when it's centralized by government. To the point where they can say, no more for you. You've been a bad boy. You've been saying that these really aren't vaccines. You've been a bad boy and saying these vaccines that are fraudulently called are killing people, injuring people. Yet we're, you're not going to have a bank account anymore. You're not going to be able to do business here. And by the way, this isn't the first time this has happened. Okay? This has happened all through history where certain people were cut off from doing certain things. I've done a show on uh, the first century Mark of the Beast. And what was done there? If you're not willing to submit to the Caesar, you're not willing to wear his little mark, his little medallion on your hand or your forehead, you're not getting to buy or sell. And it's happened different times during history in different countries. This is what tyrants do. This is, you know, this is the application that I see drawn out of uh, Revelation 13. This happens all the time. When men become tyrants, men are either going to submit themselves to the tyrant or they're going to submit themselves to God. It's that simple. It's that simple. These are some of the things, though, that uh, this week, uh, some of the videos that I'm playing are some of the deception that's coming out, uh, seeking to, to pull the people in. Okay, This is Todd Callender. Um, we were trying to get Todd back on in, I think it was August or something. I wrote him the other day because I came across this video, and um, one of the things that uh, I wanted him to touch on was some of the stuff he had been bringing out before, and this is among those things. Now, this is what he's saying concerning those who uh, had been injected. Now, if any of you guys understand what went on in the entire genetically modified organism issue to where they were doing this with soybeans, for instance, um, you know, and, the, and then you get the cross-pollination. So the guy, the, the, the Monsanto and all these guys had developed these GMO soybeans, and so when they cross-pollinated, that went over into other men's fields who weren't using the GMO, and then Monsanto would send in their, their guys to check those guys' seeds to see if they were, quote-unquote, stealing their seeds. They weren't. They were cross-pollinating over onto their, their land, which if the farmers were smart, they would have pointed that out, and they would have got them for trespassing. That's what I think. Instead... They were losing 
their land. They were losing their ability to farm and do all these other things. So anyway, here's the thing. Here's Todd Callender, and he's talking about what's going on with some of the injected. They're considered, quote-unquote, a new species. Oh, boy, this is a word. I'm going to let him say it here in just a second. Check it out. It's dependent on ownership of these people who are no longer homo sapiens. In fact, they renamed them homo borgenesis. Um, so what, what human yeah. rights that an interesting does a homoborgenesis have? Homoborgenesis is the species that they have named people, and I use the term loosely. The genetically modified people are now referred to as homoborgenesis, not homo sapiens. You can see it in the very first, I think it's the second page actually, in the NASA Langley research paper on fifth generation warfare. They say um, humans, whatever, and Borgs. So they've already said that, that people are, are not going to be homo sapiens, and therefore the question arises, if Maria is no longer a human for purposes of the law because she's been genetically modified, um, then what protections does she enjoy under the penal code? Let's use the law against them, and we can do that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're suing. And one of the things, one of the ways I'm trying to stop them is, in our case, it's Robert V. Austin in the Tenth Circuit. I put in front of the court the question, is it true that people who were given mRNA gene therapy shots are in fact now the property, the chattel property of the patent holders? And what's interesting is the Department of Justice who defends the Department of Defense, Health and Human Services, and the FDA, all at the same time they defend them, didn't deny it. Wow. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, you know... I Salt, I, I get I get what you're saying. Go back and look at how the term earth is used across the land. The world world is used in the in the New Testament. He's, he's making an issue of over the whole earth. I put a question too, by the way, uh, where you asked me how are people gonna see the witnesses? But they did you know, without internet and TV. Well, Paul, I gave you a quote out of Colossians. Paul states under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The gospel has been preached to every creature under heaven. Now, how is that happening without TV and internet? Was he lying? Was the spirit lying? No. He was telling you the truth. And where is he talking about? It's gone out throughout the whole world. Go look up that word world that's used there. The inhabited earth, what's understood as the inhabited earth. Or we might readily say at that time, the Roman Empire. That's what he's talking about. Um, so... You know, go do a little study on that one uh, before just saying all these other things. I mean, it really is. There's a there's a reason for that. Here's another one, and this one I know you're gonna like, Salt, because this is your guy. Um, this is Greg Reese. Now, some of these things that I'm I'm presenting to you is again, um, yeah, I know <laughs> all of the world issues. Go look and see what it's talking about. That's sort of what I'm getting at. That's sort of what I'm getting at. Um, this is uh, the de depopulation agenda. Now, this one is the thing that was on my mind about the deception. We've had some of the uh, articles on, you know, the hubbub, the brouhaha that's going on with Ukraine. Uh, Russia, and then we're having this issue with China. They, The U.S. apparently lost one of um, uh, Russia's submarines that apparently has some kind of... Uh, missile torpedo something that they use to where they can actually send from what i understand and i don't know if they've tested this or not they, to figure this out maybe they did it with the mathematics or whatever but a 1600 foot wall of radioactive water that's that's a pretty scary thing right to think about 
And yet I think of what Jesus says uh, when he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem that's coming in Matthew 24, and he says, don't be afraid. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, right? See that you be not dismayed. Okay, And he also, we'll reference this in a minute, about being deceived. Here is the population agenda uh, continues as world leaders prepare for uh, nuclear war. Check this out. While millions may be waking up to the depopulation agenda, it still continues unhindered. The COVID vaccines have been thoroughly exposed as being deadly, and yet we are still injecting our children with them. The National Guard deceptively gives service members the deadly COVID vaccine instead of the flu shot. Russia is forcing all citizens conscripted to fight in Ukraine, now estimated to be 300,000 people, to get vaccinated for COVID or go to jail for 10 years. And dairy farmers in New Zealand are being forced to vaccinate their cattle with an mRNA vaccine, which is reportedly resulting in the instant death of 15% of the herd. And the cattle that do survive will now produce milk and meat with the spike protein. It is now clear to all that the LGBT movement is part of this depopulation program. Homosexual sex wasn't enough for this death cult, so they incentivized castrating children under the guise of transgenderism. Eugenics program Planned Parenthood is now marketing puberty blockers and chemical castration for children. Planned Parenthood is also launching a new mobile abortion clinic in an attempt to maintain depopulation levels at the borders of states which have made it illegal to kill babies in the womb. And with the war in Ukraine needlessly escalating, with no peace talks being considered at all, it is evident that the Judas goats and their bureaucrat minions think they can kill us all and evade justice for their crimes against humanity. It appears that the United States has sabotaged Russia's Nord Stream 2 fuel pipeline, an act of war reminiscent of the Berlin-Baghdad railway conflict that helped ignite World War I. Early this week, Russia's infamous doomsday submarine, capable of creating a radioactive tsunami, reportedly disappeared from its base and was spotted days later while operating on the Arctic surface. Photographs in the city of Belgorod appear to show the deployment of the Paris Vet mobile laser system, which renders an area invisible to enemy surveillance by blinding surrounding satellites, allowing Russia to secretly mobilize an attack. Retired Brigadier General Kimmett says nukes are on the table. Look, I think it's fairly simple to uh, lay down the options. It could be uh, the soft side of it, which is doubling down on sanctions, doubling mm -hmm. down on export controls, uh, ranging all the way to a, a nuclear response of our own and everything in between. Wow. Uh, Zelensky says that NATO must preemptively launch nuclear weapons against Russia as a warning. And unhinged Hollywood activist Sean Penn agrees with him. Well, even countries that have nuclear weapons can remain intimidated to use them. And we're seeing that now with our own country. And I fear what that legacy is going to be. We don't, well, no one wants to see a nuclear conflict. I don't want to see one. 
Nobody at does. the same time, if only one bully is going to be able to use those weapons as a threat, we got to rethink what we're doing. The lunatics in charge are buying up underground bunkers and anti-radiation drugs in hopes they will survive the mass culling agenda that continues on, unhindered. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, so there, there you go. That's that's the report from Greg Reese, and I, I had that to to do last week, and I didn't get a chance to do that. So that's another one. So what they do is they get us looking over here at the skirmish that's going on, instead of looking in our backyard. And how often must I say it? It's really interesting. You know, Bradley um, speaks about the forefathers, right? Declaration of Independence, throwing off the the tyrant king. Well, how did they throw him off? Stop and think about that for a second. How did they throw him off? They seceded. They seceded. They pled with him to do what was right. They were the you know the colonies were the Oliver Cromwells of the time. They were pleading with the king to do what's right, do what's right, do what's right. And he wouldn't listen to them. So they threw him off by seceding, cutting the ties. And D.C. has become so corrupt, it's far more corrupt than King George ever was. And it's a bunch of them. And it's not just representatives. It's bureaucrats. It's federal employees. Every one of these unconstitutional agencies, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to submit this to you. You think about it. If you have a lawless agency, if we say the FBI is unconstitutional, where is it at in the Constitution? It's not there. If you want law enforcement, well, who is that? Who is the law enforcement? That's right. It's us, men. The militia. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. We are to enforce the laws. The militia is. That's not the National Guard. It's the militia. Okay? We're to enforce the laws. If you have a unconstitutional agency, such as the FBI, the CIA, name your thing, and you have men who work for an unconstitutional agency, and let's just spell that out. An unconstitutional agency is a lawless agency, right? Because they're not authorized by the people. We never authorize that. Then how do we have lawful, or white hats, within those lawless agencies. Now, I'm not saying there's not people with a conscience who maybe haven't even thought about this. But what I'm saying is, is if you've got an unlawful gang, everybody in that gang is a part of an unlawful organization, which makes them what? I'll let you answer that. So how do we cut it off? Same way our forefathers did. We, we cut the ties. We secede. We say, we don't want anything else to do with you. Northern Southern Kingdoms, Bill spoke about this yesterday. Northern Southern Kingdoms, cut them off. They, they cut them off. You want to go over here and you want to war against God? Okay, be my guest. You get way over here so that when God brings his judgment, he brings it on you and not us. Come out from among them is the, is the biblical decree, right? That's the biblical cry. Get away from it. Abolish it from you. Cut it off from you. Oh, my goodness. But what are they doing? They're involved in this depopulation agenda, too. And they're getting you looking over into Ukraine, the fear tactics, all the things that they're doing to not see what's going on in your backyard. 
And I played that little clip from the Patriot. Great is a great little phrase. I don't know who came up with it, who wrote the script or whatever. Great little phrase. Why do I want to trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? Well, that's exactly what we've done. That's exactly what we've done. Now, the people should have dealt with it before as the militia. But again, you go back in the history, push it back 170 years or better, probably, yeah, 170 years or so, the time of the war of northern aggression, that's when things started to turn down. That's when people started to look more towards D.C. for the answers than they were looking in their own backyard. And the best way to clean up our own backyard is to quit going and trying to clean up somebody else's. But that seems like all that we're there to do. And I'll tell you what, any of you who've read Orwell's 1984... No, this is exactly how they keep you from getting anything done here. You've always got this foreign enemy. And then every so many years, you've got to swap those, and the enemy becomes the ally, and the ally becomes the enemy. It really is WWE. You guys know how that works, right? They come out, and they pit the two guys together, and then they get some wrestling bouts, and then all of a sudden, some a third party comes in, and then the two the two guys who are mortal enemies have to get together to fight the, the other guy. And then all of a sudden they become best buddies. And now there's a new ally there, right? Or there's a new enemy. It's the same thing. It's a distraction. It's a deception that's going on. A couple more, and then we're going to take a couple of uh, scripture passages here. Came across this the other day. There is no flu, just the natural response of the body to clean up toxins some from 5G Towers. And again, we've talked about this before with Kate. We've talked about it with Mark uh, Steele. We talked about it with our friend Corey Hollis with EMF Solutions. Check out this report here. Graphene is a biosensor. It means it can receive and transmit. So there's no shedding here. When someone's been poisoned with graphene, they become a human cell tower. And they're receiving radiation and emitting radiation which affects everyone else around them. Radiation poisoning in combination with graphene oxide causes cellular disruption, disorganization, and death. And the waste products of that lower the pH to a point where the body has to activate. And it's called the clotting cascade. And the clotting cascade that's taking place is to try to prevent internal bleeding from the damage of this declining pH caused by the radiation and, in, and amplified by the graphene oxide. So simply, when we understand that the flu is not a disease and it's not viral-centered, the flu is a symptom of detoxification of increasing body temperature to remove acidic waste products in order to maintain the alkaline design of the human body field, the biofield. If it doesn't, then you die. And this is what's happening to people. Their cells are breaking down because they've been impregnated with graphene oxide through inoculation, through graphene oxide is now being put in the air, in the food, in the water. I mean, it, it, and now, of course, you know, make it even things worse is injected. And then when radiation is, is in, present there, it amplifies this thing, which then leads to cell membrane deterioration, what is called the corona effect, and then a higher valence of that is called the spike protein effect. So red blood cells should be swimming in their own fluid, 
That's called vascular fluid. And the red blood cells should be even in color, even in shape, even in size. You right. see how nice these red blood cells look? Yes. Now look like look what happens when they're exposed to graphene oxide and radiation. This is a graphene reduced graphene oxide cluster. I call it a cluster bomb. And look what the blood is doing around it. It's clotting. That's what this does. Reduced graphene oxide in combination with 4G and 5G pulsating at 2.4 gigahertz and up, causes cells to reverse their polarity, start clotting together, and they're attracted to this graphene. So they form clots. Now, if you know a little bit about uh, the pulmonary system, red blood cells have to go in single file to get to the lungs to drop off their waste products, lactic acid, carbon dioxide, whatever it is. And they have, to, they have to go in single file. They can't go in to drop off and pick up oxygen if they're all clotted together. This is what causes oxygen deprivation. These are red blood cells. See these red blood cells? Yes. Now look at them. It's like somebody... They're like giant red blood cells that have crystallized by the fact they've been crystallized with chemical and radiation poisoning. And off to the left here is ferric oxide. So these are the cells, and you can see all the graphene oxide around this. Yes. I mean, it looks like a war zone. And this is why people are getting sick. And it can be a delayed reaction depending on what? What they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're breathing, what they're thinking. I mean, you can be exposed to this by aerosol. You can get it on the swabs, graphene in, in the swabs when they're doing the PCR testing. You can drink it in water. I'm not going to name the waters, but you'd be shocked if I started naming the waters mm. that this stuff is found in. They're common brands. Even the ones that you think, well, wait a minute, that comes from Italy or that comes from France. And you're going, wait a minute, what is graphene? doing inside these waters very interesting stuff here this graphene oxide is found everywhere i mean this is why i was saying i was i went swimming and i felt really sick after still getting over it i have this really bad cough and sore throat still two weeks after but all right so you get the idea that's dr robert young and he's talking about what's going on inside the body now i'm just hitting a couple of different things that's going on and do, do you hear this on the nightly news i wouldn't know because i don't watch any of it do, do you hear this on the radio um, from the Mockingbird Media on the radio? Nope, you don't hear this either. Why not? Because they're trying to deceive you. This all is about deception. Here's another one, <clears throat> real quickly, and we're gonna we probably will go over just a little bit today. So if you want to do that, I'll just go ahead and tell you now. Go to sonslibertymedia.com before it's news.com any of the other places that we talked about before this came out from boston it's not just the shots and stuff we heard from greg reese they're doing this through this transgender nonsense okay this came out from boston children's hospital they posted this video and then they pulled it when people caught them doing what they're doing but we got the video here it is so most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children. Or when they're learning they to talk. go potty. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three, and usually up to the ages of nine. When 
and they come into the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists, and we'll be talking to them about their gender, we'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child, and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development, and we'll be answering any parent questions, a lot of parents do have questions, and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just be supportive. Um, sometimes you might not understand, sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't kind of get exactly what the child means when they say that they might be this gender, but the biggest thing you can do is just love your child and support them and just allow them to express themselves. That's the biggest protector as well against negative mental health effects such as depression, suicidality, anxiety that we worry about for our gender diverse kids and young adults. So that support from a parent is one of the best protective factors and one of the best things they can do. My word, this Fruit Loop is on here. I mean, you guys who are on the radio, you can't see her. She's on a purple background with a purple-esque kind of shirt and these funky-looking glasses. I mean, look at that. It's like, I don't know, some kind of leopard kind of glasses on with her hair up. And she's smiling the whole time she's talking about this. And it's like, be supportive of children who don't know whether they have a penis or whether they have a vagina. Come on. They, they don't understand what that means, that they're a male or a female. Look, I get sometimes kids are, they get confused with things. That's what parents are there for. Not to support them in their confusion, but to give clarity. To show them what is very clear. Yeah? I mean, what's the deal? Why, why is that not being done? This woman is just as abusive to children as the parents who bring their kids to, the, to this woman. The parents here are no different than those who sacrificed their kids to Moloch. No different. Mutilating their bodies, and the more we go along, the more it becomes clear that even when they have these surgeries to remove their breasts, remove their genitals, add genitals, whatever, the case, whatever they're doing down there, the more it does not help either the confusion, the mental health, or even the physical health, because many of these people are taking their lives. Now we're getting more and more of these young people who are coming out at a young age. Some of these girls who've had their breasts removed going, I wish I'd have been told. I wasn't told. I was told something else. We're going to hit a couple of things here in the aftermath. We're going to hear from what God, for what God has to say. If you want to join us, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. SonsLibertyMedia.com. We'll see you in the morning, 6 a.m. with the Concord Diva Lynn Taylor. See you. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And what I want to do is I want to go through some passive scripture that talk about deception. At every turn, whether it, we're talking about a war in a foreign country, whether we're talking about genders, whether we're talking about medicines and health care, uh, you know, what we're doing with the money, you know, the unlawful money thing. Boy, I, there was a great recommendation Mr. Wordsworth gave me that I have on Kindle that I get to read a few pages from every weekend. <laughs> and it's an old, old writing. It's not very long, but it's just taken me a while to get through it. 
um, talking about the infiltration of the foreign entity of Rome, Roman Catholics. And um, it's this very telling as to the deception that comes in with that. So with that said, I want to hit off on two passages of Scripture here about deception. Okay? The first one comes from Galatians chapter 6. And here's the context. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all things and all good things. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So where does our good deeds start? They start in the household of faith. They start among the people of God. And they branch out to people who are not the people of God. Okay? We're to love our enemies. This is where the story of the Good Samaritan comes in. And when Jesus finished telling that story, here's the, here's the Jewish guy, right? He's coming up from, from uh, Israel. He's making a journey. Gets caught by a band of robbers. And what happens? He's got a Levite and a priest that come by. Oh, got to get on my way to do service to God. Can't touch you or I'll be unclean and I can't do that. And then his mortal enemy, the Samaritan, has compassion on him, loves him. And he looks at the crowd and he says, Now who loved? Who showed love? Well, of course the Samaritan did. The guy who was his mortal enemy, he showed him love. That's what we're to do. But God says, don't be deceived. God's not going to be mocked. How are you going to live your life? You, don't, you, you want to live it apart from him? You want to do your own thing? Okay, guess what you're going to get? You're going to reap that. You're going to reap it. Also, Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning in verse 3, it says, But fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you. Don't even talk about it being among you. Boy, now we just hear that in the church all the time, don't we? We hear about... Uh, what was this guy's name? Jerry Falwell Jr. up there in his swinging, you know, marriage. And I mean, it's, just, it's it shouldn't even be named among them, but it is. We we hear about these these preachers who are you know involved in sodomy and uh, what was the thing with Ravi Zacharias with all these women around the world. I mean, it shouldn't even be named among us. As becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. We're not to be talking dirty and nasty. We're not to be doing that. We're to be those who give thanks to God for what He's done for us. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you, with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience, which, by the way, that same book in the first chapter says, or second chapter, says that we once were 
those of us who are in Christ, we weren't, we were children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Amen. Amen. But he says again, let no man deceive you with what? Vain words. Don't let them tell you you're all right when your own conscience is condemning you for your actions. Don't be deceived by those things. And why is this important? Well, again, some people have a problem when we, and I'm glad Brent Winters kind of backed me up there the other week. They have a problem when we talk about the men leading men, teaching, and these kinds of things uh, in the assembly. 1 Timothy 2.14 Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. doesn't mean that she's incapable of teaching. That's not what it, he's not saying that at all. But he's saying, you learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed and then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. We talked about this before. If they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now, it's not trying to put down the woman. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that she was deceived. When Adam went, he went eyes wide open. He knew exactly what. Why? Because God had addressed him and given the command to him. He had not given the command. Adam gave the command to his wife from God. Adam got the command directly from God. So Adam was not deceived about what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Okay? And then we have <clears throat> from Romans... Actually, that's not where I'm wanting to go. Here's one that I, I often like to, to bring to friends who, you know, will say, well, everybody sins and, you know, or, or well, I've ran into people. I don't know if you guys ever run into this. I ran into some people who say, well, I don't sin anymore. I, and I just look at them like, well, you just did. You, you just did. And where do I go with that? First John 1, uh, and the context there, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And remember, John is an eyewitness. He, he's an eyewitness. He is one who is, he says, we've handled the word of life. We've heard him. We've saw him. We've ate with him. We've slept with him, not in a sexual connotation. We, we've spent time with him. The word of life, the Lord Jesus. He says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, God's lying? Nope. He says, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And I want you to notice something. John says, us. If we, he's including himself in that. Now, is John a believer? Yeah. But he says, if we say this, 
We're deceiving ourselves. He's including himself in it, and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, what does he say? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say that we have not sinned, we make him to be a liar. Who's he talking about? He's talking about God. We make him to be a liar, and his word is not in us. This is a large part of why I can never go along with the, the Wesleyan perfectionism stuff. Yes, we're to stop sinning. No question about that. And yet, John not only says we don't practice sin, we cannot sin. That's, what he, that's the terminology he uses. And then he follows it right up. He says, but if we do sin, we have a mediator with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Do I want to justify my sin or anybody else's? No. I want us to have the trajectory where I liked what one guy said. He says, does it, just because we're a believer doesn't make us sinless, but it should cause us to sin less, to understand the seriousness of our sin, that we sin less. We also have um, 1 John 3, 7. Actually, let's pick up the context. The reason I, I like to pick up the context so you get an idea of what's going around the verse. If we just learn a verse, we'll quote it out of context. Something will hit our mind, and we will we'll quote it out of context, and we're getting a lot of trouble with that. So in beginning of verse 4, he says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. That's what sin is. It's a violation of God's law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. He's talking about Jesus. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Now think about that a second. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. And remember, we go back to what we discussed with Brent. He has put his seed within us. He has made us a new creation. Okay? And that's where Paul is talking about this idea where he's struggling in the mind. The mind serves the law of God. It, it loves God. It wants to obey God. It's been made perfect. And we're to work that salvation out with fear and trembling. And when he says work it out, he's not saying we're to work on our salvation and trying to get into heaven. No, he's saying you work it out in the deeds that you do. He also goes on and he says, um, sorry, I lost my place here. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. And then he says this, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God is manifest, are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. 
So again, what is the character of your life? Is it that of righteous or unrighteous? This is what he's getting at. This, because he goes through in 1 John, he's saying, you can tell who is light and who is dark. What is the character of their life? Is it righteousness or is it unrighteousness? And of course, Jesus warned his disciples. This was out of Matthew 24. Again, when they come out of the temple, this is the context. And he is, I, you know, I have people keep saying last days, it's very clear in the context what he's talking about. Okay, 80, 70. This, one's, this one isn't even, in my opinion, it's not even debatable like some of the things of Revelation. This one's, you can't debate it. This is, he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Verse 1, Matthew 24, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple, the temple standing. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. He's talking about the temple being built shortly finished before 70 A.D. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming at the end of the world? Or the end of the age? That's the, the word there is the one where it's translated other places as the end of the age. Remember, these disciples don't believe there's a second coming the way we've been taught about a second coming. They're, they're not thinking of it in terms... They don't even get in a few days he's going to be... Dragged before the Sanhedrin, he's going to be flogged. He's going to have a crown of thorns put on his head. He's going to be uh, whipped. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die, be buried, and raised again. Even though Jesus has told them over and over and over what's coming, they still don't get it. It's like when he talks like that, it's like their mind just shuts off. They don't get it. And the ones that did get it, like Peter, he goes... Be it far from you, he rejects the gospel, and Jesus has to tell him, get behind me, Satan. Okay? And so Jesus says and answers and says unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Isn't that what we're hearing even now? There's an application for it today too, friends. Even though we interpret it properly, there's an application for that. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And by the way, he's given them signs that you can read in the book of Acts that were already starting to take place. The false Christs that were already arising. The pestilences, the famines, the earthquakes. We're already seeing those things. We already know, at least in the, the ethnicities and the kingdoms, that was happening in Jerusalem. They didn't like the Romans. The Romans didn't like the Jews. Okay? All those things were going on there. But Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Here's another one. Uh, oh, that was the one where I had ended on it. The point being is this. Jesus comes down, and I want to go back to uh, where Jesus finishes up his prayer in John chapter 17. I want to kind of go full circle in that now that, that I had already started that. 
we kind of we ended on where he says in verse 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth the truth jesus says sets us free does it not doesn't it say it might set it it does set us free the truth does and again let me address you know a guy that commented in the rumble channel the other day i noticed this guy wants to to pick and choose scripture when he wants to use it, and then he wants to say, well, other people don't believe like you do, and they don't believe in the God you do, and this, that, and the other. Well, of course, that's a fact and evidence. That's a fact and evidence, as demonstrated by how they conduct themselves, the things they say, the things they do, of course. And yet, Paul says they know the Creator's there. Same one, because there's only one. They know he's there. They choose not to honor him. And so therefore he gives them up. It doesn't show them love. He gives them up to dishonor their bodies among one another. To worship all kinds of the things of the creation. Four-footed and two-footed. But here's what Jesus says. He's praying again to the Father. And in verse 18, that's where we'll pick it up. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them into the world. He's talking about his disciples. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, not just the ones in his time where he was ministering, the disciples there, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Why is it important for you to be a good witness of Jesus Christ? Because your witness of that truth brings men to faith in Christ. Your witness, these guys went out, and as the Bible says, they turned the world upside down by their witness. They weren't moved by lies. This is something uh, the, the, the guy who was commenting yesterday all in there with saying that, that the New Testament is myth. This was something he didn't take into account. How did these men go to their death, some horrific deaths, for, a, for what they knew was a lie? Come on. Really? I don't know anybody who does that. Now, there may be people who are deceived. Somebody told them a lie and they believed it and this, that, and the other. But these guys claimed they were eyewitnesses of, of the Christ. And Jesus says, I'm not only praying for those guys, I'm praying for those who will believe because of their word, their witness. That they all may be one. Listen to that. I pray for... I. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one." I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, and thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation 
of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. And how do all men know that we are Christ's disciples? By our love for one another. Let me ask you something. Does the Father love the Son? Yes, He does. Does the Son love the Father? Yes, He does. And how does the world know that we are Christ's? By our love for one another. By our love for one another. And that's going to come through not being deceived, isn't it? We can't be deceived about ourselves. We can't be deceived about who God is or about the things around us. We've got to be wise to those things and know exactly what we're doing here. And again, our love is not the Budweiser. Oh, I just love you, man. Same guy who wrote the Gospel of John here wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, didn't he? Little children, we love in deed. We love in deed, not just in our words. We love in deed. Part of our love is what we say. There's no question about that. But if that's the extent of it, well, then that's not real love. Real love carries it on into action. And so I don't know if it, this has been helpful. This is some stuff that was just on my mind with some of the things that's been going on. I see a tremendous amount of deception that's going on in our world, a lot of distraction from things. And if we want to keep from being deceived by those things, what do we got to be in? We've, we've got to be in the Word. I mean, Jesus says, Thy Word is truth. And so the prayer is, Father, sanctify us by Your Word. Your Word is truth. Guys, have a great day. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, we'll be back in the morning with the Common Core Diva for Rotten of the Core Wednesday, Lynn Taylor. See you then.